Welcome to Blightbringers, a Legion of Everblight podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyrone, and joining me this week is Ryan. How's it going there, bud? It is going quite well on this lovely, lovely Monday. I don't say that unironically or sarcastically. Yeah, I was going to say you sound like you're full of shit. I mean, work wasn't terrible for once, and I'm surrounded by cats, so... You know what? It's, it's about as good of a day as I'm going to get most yeah, of the time. I'll take it. <laughs> Oh dear. So this is uh, episode two of our caster focus series. We're going to be looking at Abby two this week. But who before, doesn't like some, who, who who doesn't like Abby two? Honestly, yeah, she's kind of great. We haven't seen her on the table much recently, but that's not because she's bad. I'm pretty sure she's Hamilton's favorite sculpt. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. And like lots of people tell him that it's their I mean, favorite sculpt. So. I mean, she's dope looking. Like, I have some love for Abby 1, but Abby 2 just looks fucking cool. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, the sculpt is really good. But uh, before we get too deep into that, um, did you want to talk about the uh, the contest thing that you got want to go- going on? Yeah, okay. So, I was thinking about it, and I had an idea. And usually, that is a phrase that is going to lead to disaster. Yeah, they're usually bad. Yeah, they, they are. I, I fully admit that. <laughs> um, but I think this one isn't awful and probably won't get anybody killed. Maybe. That's There's like, like a 50% chance that it won't get anybody killed. Should I applaud you for doing the bare minimum? I mean, this is America. So yes, I expect my participation trophy for doing the bare minimum. Also a raise. Mm, I can give you one of those things. Nope, I demand both. How Otherwise about- you just be... No, both of you are being racist. That's how this works. Nope. Yeah, that's exactly how that works. All right. Every well, time. why don't you tell the nice people about your contest? Sure. Um, nice people is probably pushing it if they're listening to our bullshit, but sure. Um, so I was thinking, uh, if anybody would want to do this, go on our Facebook page and post a battle report or some type of something that shows you were playing a game. Doesn't matter what caster you use. Doesn't matter if you don't even play Legion. Like, flat out. Um I want at least two pictures and some kind of a resolution to the game. So if you take one at the start of turn one with everything set up and then one at the end and say, hey, this person won this way, that's good enough for me. Um, partially because that, pro- well, in, at least in my mind, proves that somebody either put a little bit of effort into trying to cheat or actually played a game, hopefully the second one. But if you're going to put in the bare minimum effort to try and cheat, then fuck it, good enough, I guess. I don't, um, I don't think we have much to worry about there. Yeah, seriously. Um, but for every report you post on our Facebook page, uh, your name's going to get thrown into a virtual hat, probably just a random name generator or something, but same difference. Um, and at the end of what the hell day is today, the 16th, 17th, 17th. Yeah. Okay. So we'll say by July 1st, that gives two weeks from today. Um, everything that gets in there by July 1st, uh, we'll throw into a virtual hat. And if your name gets drawn from said virtual hat, we're going to invite you on the show. So if you want to deep dive your favorite caster and bullshit around with us, like you're more than welcome. Pick your favorite and we'll go over them. Um, if you don't play Legion and you just want to come on and talk shop and, you know, do a little bit of a know your enemy type of thing. Cool. If you just feel like coming on and hanging out with us, also cool. Like it's not really a great prize because we're kind of idiots. At least I am. Uh, but <laughs> You know, if, I know when I had started playing, it was one of my big things. It was like, hey, at one point, 
I want to be on a podcast because I don't know if you know this, but from where I live, there's like 12 of them within like an hour distance. Everybody in this area fucking podcasts. And I figured if that was, you know, my thing, maybe it's somebody else's too. So this will give you a chance to do that. Cool. Yeah, this is a great idea. And if nothing else, then, you know, we get somebody who's not Cutter to be on here and bullshit around. Maybe they'll be smart and know things. We can only hope. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a ton of faith for somebody to be as good as Cutter. That's that's pushing it. But <laughs> I don't know. Somebody proved me wrong. Be as smart as Cutter. I believe in you. All right. <laughs> So that's uh, the plan. We'll put it on a Facebook page as part of the episode info. Um, but let's get started. So this week we're going to be talking about Abby 2. Uh, full disclosure for myself, I haven't really played her in some time. And the last time I did, it involved like 20 shredders, which is, <laughs> you know, one way of doing it. It's a hilarious meme list. And if you don't meme list every once in a while, you're not really playing this game. Yeah, I mean, she's really the only one who can can do it, and it kind of works on occasion, so, you know. I mean, arguably, Thags 2 can do it, too, right? Yeah, but you don't have free runs. Probably not as good, but you could do it. The free runs, though, is what makes it. Yeah, I mean, I know. I understand that. <laughs> not saying it's any better, but it's still a meme list. All right. Fair enough. So, let's get started on the card. So we'll start in the front. Absalonia, daughter of Everblight. Speed 7, strength 8, mat 7, rat 6, which is irrelevant. Defense 15, armor 16. Uh, flight uh, with 2 half inch POW 6 claws going up to POW 14. And a 1 inch range stinger with uh, POW 4 and PS 12. Uh, on the weapon, the stinger has energy siphon. When this attack hits an enemy model with 1 or more focus or fury points on it, that model loses one focus or fury point, and this model gains one fury point. That's a pretty good ability. That's not anything to complain about. Yeah, it's going to help you take down Warbeast. It's unlikely that you're going to get Abby onto their Warlock or Warcaster, but if they let you, then you get a free a couple extra attacks out of that, and that's not bad. Yep. Uh, it also helps for things like Vision. Uh, you start with the Stinger and pull that off, and then you just get to go to Meme Town on them. Oh, yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, just from the front of her card, so if we look back at Abby 1, uh, she picked up a speed, she picked up a mat, nope, she was still mat 7. Uh, she picked up a speed, she picked up flight all the time, and she picked up an armor. So, still not bad. Um, yeah. She's a little bit, uh, you know, speed 7 base with flight base, uh, arm 16 versus 15. Um, she's still kind of that mid to front line caster. She can definitely get in there and get some work done, but doesn't really want to get hit back. Yeah, she only picked up a couple extra boxes, and she doesn't have that healing feat anymore, so we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, um, but, you know, def 15, arm 16 isn't nothing. Um, a lot of times it's going to take a boosted attack to get into that and do, you know, reliable work. She should still be camping something, so not the easiest to take down. Uh, but yeah. Cool. Alright, so the back of her uh, character card, she has two abilities that don't include the... Uh, Energy Siphon on the Stinger. The first one is Alpha Hunter. Warbeasts in this model's battle group, beginning their activations in its control range, can run, charge, or make power attacks without being forced. When this model destroys one or more enemy models during its activation, Warbeasts in its battle group, beginning their activations in its control range, gain plus two speed and mat for one turn. That is a very wordy ability, but basically it's 
They always run charge and make power attacks for free, as long as they're in control. As and, long as they start in control. That's right, as long as they start in control. And then, when uh, if Abby kills a model, uh, again, if they, her warbies start in, in control, they gain plus two speed in mat. So if Abby makes a kill and then things activate in her control range, they are super scary. Yeah, turns out um, you take her a lot of the time just for that ability, because letting everything run charge and power attack, which is one that I see a lot of people forget, because I've forgotten it before as well, yeah. um, it's, not, it's not nothing. Being able to make you know free tramples, slams, and throws is not nothing. Um, but the plus two speed and mat is really the, the thing you try to take advantage of there. Yeah, that's, that's to, the red and butter there. Yeah, being able to take a Carnivian or Scythian and make it speed seven, mat eight is just really freaking good. Um, you're probably taking Proteus with her, so then he goes to speed seven, mat nine. And, you know, your Nerefs, if you take them, or go up to mat nine. Angelius's go up to mat eight. Suddenly with her, it seems like having mat six across the board isn't really so bad. Yeah. You know, now, you're, now it turns out you can actually hit things without needing flares or boosts to be able to do it all the damn time. No, absolutely. Abby 2 just takes any war beast and turns them up to 11. And that's only part of what she does for them. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. There's more. Yeah. So her final ability, Reposition 5. Uh, a little bit of Mark II background on that. She used to have, uh, like, a, like a teleport. Uh, teleport. Yeah. She used to have teleport. Yeah, which was fine, but this now she doesn't need to spend Fury, so that's probably way better. Yep, uh, it's a 5-inch move versus the 8-inch place she used to have, but you were spending, I believe, 2 Fury on it, so yeah, doing that and camping, plus actually being able to get any work done was kind of difficult. Yeah, and we picked up another spell for the pleasure as well, so it actually, I think it's we're in, she's in a better spot. Oh yeah, definitely. Alright, do you want to talk about her spells? Sure. Uh, first spell on her card is Bracer. It's a cost 2, range 6. It's an upkeep. Uh, target war beast in the spellcaster's battle group gains plus 2 armor. The affected model and any friendly models base-to-base with it cannot become knocked down, cannot be pushed, and cannot be moved by a slam. So, effectively what that means is it has to target a war beast. You give it plus 2 armor to help it survive a little bit. So your Proteus, your Carnivian, Scythian, whatever. Yeah. Uh, now it goes up to armor 20, which is a perfectly fine stat line for them. I don't know why they're not on 19 or 20 base. But <laughs> Let's not get into that. Yeah, whatever. Not going to go down that road. Um, <laughs> but any friendly models, and mind you, it's friendly and not friendly faction, base to base with it cannot be knocked down, cannot be pushed, and cannot be moved by a slam. So you get to put a heavy into a zone, and just, it's there now. And anything you put into base with base with it is there now. And instead of, you know, a harpy pushing you out of a zone or getting slammed out or whatever, now they actually have to dedicate attacks to killing whatever happens to be there. And depending on the list, depending on the play style of whatever you're playing against, that can be exceedingly difficult. You know, you put that on, like I had said, Proteus or a Carnivian, put spiny growth up or have uh, unyielding with Proteus, suddenly it's an arm 22 heavy. And that's not necessarily the easiest thing to just remove yeah that's that's nothing to shake a stick at especially in legion where you're not really expecting higher armor values than 19 yeah i think 17 to 18 is what most people expect base and then you know being able to really not not necessarily push it you know off the edge we're not talking striker one feet here but no 
just having the ability to make it slightly harder and skew the math that little bit as well as long as you're playing a positioning game correctly is usually enough. Uh, her second spell is Hexbolt. Uh, it's a cost two, range six, power 13. Uh, it is an offensive spell. It's the only one she has. And then models hit by Hexbolt cannot make special actions, special attacks, or power attacks for one round. Um, that can be useful for things that have combust, uh, vent steam, anything like that gets stopped by it. Uh, it stops trample, slams, all that fun stuff. But you're mostly using that because it will trigger Alpha Hunter. Yeah, it's a ranged attack that triggers Alpha Hunter, and that is key. Uh, it is just an attack. So yeah, a, yep. I meant it's from range, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she can also throw it through a spell martyr, uh, which gives it, you know, a 16 inch range from the edge of her control, uh, which is pretty nice. So she doesn't necessarily have to go in and try and punch something to death. Um, a lot of times, you know, triggering alpha hunter on a turn can get risky, but spell martyr too, there's usually just a random grunt in a unit or some random solo or just something that had to move up and you can use that to trigger it. Um, without having to put her in a too dangerous of a spot. Um, yeah. Because it's also a spell, it's also boostable, so if you have nothing else to do with your Fury that turn, throwing out a double boosted POW 13 is not nothing. So, yeah, I mean, it's you fine. You shouldn't rely on it to kill anything, but if you've got nothing else to do, it's a decent nuke. Um, it's range 6, which is its biggest, I guess, downside. Because yeah. um, if you don't have a Spell Martyr and it's got to come from her then it's only a 13-inch range from wherever she starts the turn. Um, it can get a little predictable to play around, but it, it is what it is. You can't have everything on that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, her third spell is Psychosurgery. Uh, cost 2, range self, uh, it's control effect. Each model in the Spellcaster's battle group currently in its control range can immediately remove D3 plus 1 damage points. It can only be cast once per activation. So... It's basically just a D3 plus one heal for her entire battle group, including herself. Yep. Um, cost two. It's not great, but if she's going first anyway to try and get Alpha Hunter off, it helps get uh, aspects back in if something's still alive, or just heal up a little bit of chip damage that something's taken. Yeah, it's definitely one of the more... It's like the most efficient heal, like wide area heal in the game. Yeah. Other, other than Abby One's feet, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The difference here is she can do it every turn versus Abby one who gets, you know, that one good turn. Yeah. But she full heals everything versus, you know, somewhere between two and four damage points. So a yeah. little bit of give and take. So it's powerful ability. The, uh, the one thing with psychosurgery you got to keep in mind is that you have to roll a die for each of the orbeasts that you're going to be healing. Uh, yep. So it's not just you, oh, I rolled a three and everything heals four points. No. So if you, uh, you're low on clock or... Things are getting a little tense, you know, it's important to keep track of that and realize that maybe it's better to just spend a fury or two and heal the one that needs to be healed rather than have to roll for four or five, six beasts. Yeah. Um, and then her last spell is Return Fire. Uh, it's cost one. It's the only cost one spell she has on her card. Uh, range six. It lasts around and a f when a friendly faction model is targeted by an enemy ranged attack, after the attack is resolved, the affected model can make one basic melee or ranged attack, then return fire expires. So the way it's worded is a little weird, um, admittedly. I have screwed yeah. it up before. Yeah, it's fine. But when you get targeted by a ranged attack, 
After it's resolved, the model you, the spell is on can make one melee or ranged attack, and then it expires. Yeah. Um, this does not circumvent things like Gunfighter, so if you put it on a Ravagor and something gets into Gunfighter range and then shoots you, you don't get to just drop an AoE on their head. Uh, you do have to, in that case, make a melee attack, assuming you're in range. Um, but it does give you the option to kind of play the range game with people. If they want to try and shoot a Ravagor, a Carnivian, a Seraph, you can just shoot back. And maybe, depending on the turn of the game, depending on where everything's at, maybe you, maybe you cripple something. Maybe you know you end up getting a Carnivian spray in such a way that it hits a Jack plus a Solo or something they hadn't moved yet. Um, as, as a whole, the spell is not something I ever rely on, and most of the time I don't even bother to cast it. But it is a thing that exists, and there are corner cases where it can be useful slash annoying, I guess. Yeah, I've cast Return Fire less than once. So, zero times? Yes. <laughs> you could have just said zero, you know? No, it's, it's more fun to do it my way. Is it, though? It is for me. Oh, all right, well, that's all that matters, then. Uh, Return Fire, it, it, has some, it has some utility. Um, I do like the Carnivian idea. That's pretty good. Uh, I do like shooting back with Ravagors. It's not bad either. But, like, we're shooting back with Rat 5 stuff that's going to get chunked by a decent shot. I don't know. I mean, it is. Um, it's it's cute on, like, a Blightbringer because that AoE sticks around until uh, their next turn again. Um, yeah. It's cute on a Ravagor for the same reason. You can drop a Scather on their turn and then it sticks around until their next turn, not yours. Um, it's... It's more of a deterrent for shooting at certain things than it is an actual damage, I guess. Um, you know, you're going to have somebody who has maybe a charger if you're playing against Signar. They go, yeah, I can shoot that Ravagor, but then it shoots back, and that might actually be enough to do damage. Or, because of where I'm standing, um, put an AoE scather right where I don't want it. So maybe I don't actually have anything to shoot at this turn. Yeah, I'm actually just rereading it, and you don't actually, because it's basic melee or ranged attack, it doesn't have any targeting restrictions. You can shoot whatever you please. Uh, targeted by... Oh, so it does. So yeah, you can really kind of go to town on anything. Yeah, so I think you're right. It's, it's probably more of a deterrent than an actual thing you're going to want to be using. Like, if you can just shoot whatever you want, with a Ravagor, that actually seems pretty decent. Yep, I'm not entirely sure how boosting works with that, because I think it's not your activation, so you can't. That's Don't right. quote me on that. No, you can't. I mean, still, if, again, if it's a, use a Ravagor, because it's probably the best use case for it, but yeah. just drop a Scather onto a random solo or into a unit that hasn't activated yet, and now suddenly it's a lot more of a pain in the ass for that. You know, yeah, that sounds nightmarish. Yeah, it seems like a pain in the ass, but... <laughs> Alright, enough for spells. I think we got a good idea what's going on there. Oh, actually, I lied. Is this the only cost one spell on a Warlock or Warcaster without including Animai? Uh, maybe? Yeah. I don't actually know the answer to that one. All right, I'm going to say yes. Listeners, let us know if there are any other return cost one spells. I'm curious. Else, I think somebody else besides her has Return Fire. But uh, yes. The only cost one spell. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, it's not that weird, but it's it's interesting. It's All definitely right. not normal. Feet. What does her feet do? Uh, her feet is pretty straightforward, but it's what makes it 
pretty good. Yeah. Uh, models in Absalonia's battle group, currently in her control range, gain plus two strength, flight, and their melee weapons become range two. Last for one round. So that is herself and all of her beasts get plus two strength, flight, and reach for a turn or for a round. Uh, so her weapons go up as well, um, and it turns out that's pretty decent when you can trigger get it off the same turn you get an alpha hunter off. Yep. Because now everything in your battle group is plus two speed, plus two mat, plus two strength, with flight and range two. Um, you kind of yeah, you kind of get to touch basically wherever you want at that point. Uh, you take that with you know a seraph, and if you can slipstream appropriately. Suddenly you have Angeliuses that are threatening uh, like 7, 9, 11, 16 inches. Seems like, good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty decent. Uh, you have your typically slow Carnivian chassis that are going 14. Like, that seems pretty good. Yeah, they're coming uh, for you. And then you get there and you get to hit at, you know, a reasonably high POW. In the case of like a Nerif, you're hitting at POW 15, 17. For a 12-point beast with beatback. And mind you, everything in your battle group is auto-getting free charges. So you get to get there on full or on no fury and just buy attacks and boost and get as much damage in as you can. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very straightforward feat, but it's a feat that really says, hey, I'm gonna take the Alpha Strike now and just murder everything in range. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She's definitely an Alpha Strike Warlock. She wants to get in, deal as much damage as possible, and, like, go up... You know, you're going to spend a ton of Fury, so at that point you don't care if they kill your dudes back, you know? Yeah. Um, the problem I always have with her is I overcommit on the feet turn, and it leaves me with a lot less than I would like for the mid-to-late game. But that, that's, that's a drawback you have to kind of do in your head. Of, yeah, I could send three heavies in, but do I really need to? The answer is usually no. Yeah, it's like, you want to you pick out the targets that you absolutely have to kill, and just get yeah. in and take care of those. And, like, you can do it pretty well with, um, with Nerev, so you can use them to get in, sprint away, and then reuse them again on a later turn. Yep, uh, beatback is also kind of helpful there. Uh, same thing with the Angelius's Repulse. You can get in at a weird angle on something and either beat it back towards maybe one side or the other to get it out from around terrain. Uh, you can use Repulse to push it slightly closer to something else. Um, there's a lot of little tricks you can get to get a little bit more range if people are anticipating it, but it's uh, it's really target prioritization and saying, okay, Here's the things that are going to threaten me mid to late game. Here's the things I need to get rid of to either, if somebody stayed back off scenario, to take a decent scenario lead or to really make it hard for them to come in the next turn. And you really want to use it to kind of force the peace trade. Um, you take what you can take, and then hopefully that gets you far enough up where you can force bad trades later then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Abby 2 is super cool. She can just like manipulate all those stats at once and it's just like, all right, very powerful. Yeah, she just kind of makes, like you had said, she turns all the beasts up to 11. Yeah. And she can do it turn after turn and just make them terrifying, which 
I'd say I feel bad for everybody else, but I don't. No, I, I don't think we should. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's start the uh, the question portion of this episode. Uh, so what is what is Abby 2's main appeal to you as a player? Uh, so for me, it's number one, the sculpt is beautiful. I, I know I said that before, but it was literally one of the things that made me when I started playing pick up the model was just it looked cool and it was kind of terrifying and then you put her on the table and it plays how you want a legion beast lock to play uh she hits hard she makes everything else hit hard she helps keep it alive and going but she really leverages that threat extension she leverages the power and the accuracy of everything to really force positioning for your opponent she she kind of makes the game become a we can play a protracted game but if you misposition something, I'm just going to take it. Yeah. If you put your caster or this important solo in a bad spot, I'm just going to get rid of it. Um, she has all the tools to scalpel herself or to help her beasts scalpel and just get rid of anything that makes your opponent's army work and then hit them hard enough where they cannot effectively respond. Right. Oh, she's- That's... Yeah. That, that's what's got me for her. How about you? What, what have you liked about her? Yeah, I like, uh, like whenever I play her, I, I can't help but just to kind of abuse Shredders because that's super fun. <laughs> like, little four point missiles. Oh, yeah. You know, like you just go in and crush everything with dumb little Shredders hitting at Matt, like, eight or Matt. 10, what are they at? Matt six, right? Base? Uh, they're six base, so if you get Alpha Hunter, that's eight, and if they get flank, that's ten. Yeah, so Matt ten, so they're not missing. Uh, like POW 13 or something. Uh, flank. Uh, or POW 12? Are they POW 10 base? I think they're uh, ten base. Yeah, so POW 12 flank on charges, free charges. So yeah. <laughs> POW 12 weapon so you, masters. Like, come so on. Get there and buy an attack, too. Yeah. Ugh. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Little shredder missiles. Oh yeah, no, it's super fun, and I I really like uh, I really like just you know playing all the beasts. Like we we don't really get a chance to do that right now, and it's always nice to go back and just kind of slam a bunch of beasts on the table and rush fools with, like you said, our beast turned up to eleven because like that's what she does. You know, she gives us an opportunity to play the things that are maybe a bit underpowered i would say right now but you know you could bring i wouldn't necessarily do it but like an army of soldiers might be hilarious right like yeah turns out going up to mat nine pow 17 on the charge with precision strike might be a thing yeah and and you know it's not incredible but it could be something it's and it's enough to cripple a couple cortexes or cripple arms and then those soldiers die but then you have actual heavies waiting in the back. So do you really care? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, Sir so her appeal is just, you know, the, the quintessential battle group. Like, you just get to bring everything that you want to bring, all the dumb beasts, and just run them at the table at your opponent and say, I'm going to get you. Yep, she is absolutely a battle group heavy caster in that way. Um, she doesn't really do a whole lot of anything for any kind of units or battle engines or anything else. They're kind of almost an afterthought with her. Um, they yeah. can bring things to her game. So like Hex Hunters will bring Shadowbind to her. 
So you go up to an even more ridiculous mat on the turn if you need it, but also maybe that's a turn you don't need to try and put her in a dangerous position to get off Alpha Hunter. Um, you can bring Ice Witches because she really likes the rerolls. You bring Black Frost Shard because she really likes having the damage buff outside of her feet turn. But, I mean, other than that, like, she she doesn't do a whole lot for units. They don't do a whole lot for her. Um, I know, I think it was Cutter that had the spicy chosen tech where you throw Bracer on a heavy and that heavy now stands surrounded by chosen and the chosen can't be knocked down. Yeah, that's because great. Because they're there, which, cool, great. That's awesome. Like, that's, that is a legitimate use of that tech. Is it necessarily the best use? Eh, semantics and arguments to be made, I suppose, but... Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's it's better than nothing. Um, but as a whole, she is very much focused on her battle group and turning it up to 11 and using that to carry the game. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so obviously, uh, battle group heavy. I'm not going to ask you that question because that's pretty self-evident, like you said. Oh, yeah. Um, but I did ask this one for the Abbey one, and I'm going to ask it again. Is Proteus an auto-include with Abbey 2? Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah, probably. Like, these yeah, character war beasts, it's really hard to say no to them. Yep. Um, I mean, it's the only time between Abbey 1 and 2 is the only time you're going to get to use Proteus because he's not in the theme. Oh, yeah. And it just, it turns out he's a really good beast. Um, ha- having Grievous Wounds or access to Grievous Wounds is great. He brings Snacking, which is RFP, also great. Um, he's got the 4-inch melee on his tentacles. So he's always threats a little bit farther than people think. Um, on feet turn with him, you don't necessarily have to pull stuff in. He goes up to POW 16 on the tentacles, 18 on the claws at mat 9. Like, that's nothing to shake a stick at. And with Bracer, he gets to arm 22, can't be knocked down. So <laughs> yep, he gets really hard to get around. Um, there's been a number of games where I've had Bracer on him, threw him in next to a Colossal, and then put up uh, his Animus and basically said, cool, you can't move him. You can't slam him. You have to kill him now, which means this 30-odd point Colossal is now going to beat a 19-point Heavy to death and do nothing else, <laughs> which is pretty good and more than once has won me a game on scenario, which who doesn't love that? Yeah, I can imagine. All right, so Proteus, obviously a big, big yes from us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so generally speaking, uh, what are the matchups that you think Abby 2 and her kind of list builds would excel into? Uh, so the kind of list that I typically like to put her into um, are slower scenarios. Um, scenario tends to be kind of an issue for her because she's not necessarily taking a ton of solos, a ton of units, uh, anything that's a bit faster she can get left behind on or it gets hard for her to score effectively. Um, so she kind of excels at those slower scenarios, um, anything where it's not too spread out. Uh, she also tends to do better kind of doing a spear point and hitting, getting into the lines and just decimating whatever is going to be a threat later. Um, she really doesn't like guns. Uh, there's not really a whole lot of tech there to help against them. So no, Signar... Signar, Rat Crucible Guard, uh, all kind of a bad time for her. Yeah, it's the same problem we generally have, like, locally. Yeah. Like, for Legion, it's just like, hey, guns are a problem. Bring Valkyries if you have trouble with guns. Turns out, 
Um, but as a whole, she really kind of likes the Kador match. That's a good one for her. Um, she has a pretty decent match into Menoth. Um, I wouldn't put her into Scorn currently because Immortals are big and Immortals will present a problem in being a lot of dudes at a high armor that she doesn't really have a good way to get through. Um, I've heard rumblings of there might be an answer there to Tharn. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I mean, I can see it as long as she can get in there and get a kill on something. Yeah. Uh, makes it so she really outthreats them, which is not a thing they want. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess, the good and bad. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't necessarily look towards her for for the Tharn matchup, but just like with Abby One, I could see the the speed enhancement being very good for Scythians, like Alpha Hunter as well. Yep. You know, getting that extra mat, getting that extra speed, and being able to apply that every turn seems pretty good. Yep. All right. So those are the things she's good into. What does she struggle into? Um, Other than guns. So- well, there, there's the typical problem of guns. Uh, she struggles into the scenario packet, which is not at all her fault, but it's a thing to take into consideration. Yeah. Um, she doesn't particularly like the current scorn uh, because of immortals, and that's problems. Um, let's see. She's pretty decent into the mirror. I usually feel okay with her there. Um Usually decent into circle. Tharn may or may not be included in that. I'd, I'd have to play that one a bit, but there might be something there, maybe, possibly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, she does fine into uh, convergence for the most part. Um, am I forgetting? Oh, she absolutely dominates Grimkin. If you have a local Grimkin player, oh who's yeah, just really a pain in the ass. Just drop Abby 2 on the table and soak up the tears. It is goddamn amazing. <laughs> yep, they hate that. There is there is nothing better than watching a Grimkin player cry because you put Abby 2 down and just get to destroy them, and they can do nothing about it. I wonder if that's going to change going forward with uh, Bump making headway. I, I think if you build her list right and you're running Wasps like you should be, which this is the only time I will advocate for running Wasps is with her, I think even Bump wants nothing to do with it. Okay, fair enough. Because bees will just eat through units, and again, there's n- they can do nothing about it. Like, fuck off, get off my table. <laughs> Alright, um, so I personally don't like Abby 2 into a super battle group heavy list, so like something like Kador with just all the jacks, because they tend to not present you with anything to get Alpha Hunter off of. Like, do you think you could build for that, or is it worth? Is that even worth doing? I think you can. Um, I think she really likes those type of lists. Um, the problem there is more of how you build to deal with them, because the the lists that are typically playing all the jacks, they're they're playing all the marauders or all the crusaders. They're playing the map seven cheap jacks that just have a lot of boxes. Um, they're not playing, you know, three, four quality heavies. They're playing, like, one really quality heavy and then five or six just bullshit, we don't care heavies. I think you absolutely can build into that. I think it's going to be a different type of build than maybe you would 
depending, you know, what you want to play her into in addition to that. Um, but yeah, I think it's doable. I think with the right combination of Nerefs, Nephilim soldiers, which I can't believe I'm saying to take them, but this <laughs> might be a case where they're actually useful. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to try and beat out the quantity that they have with your own while also paying a premium for them because our cheapest like hitter heavy is 16 points. Um, you have the Nerf at 12 and then you have like a Scythian at 16 and there's not really any middle ground between them where you can get a decent heavy. It yeah. Just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You kind of have to come in from like below, right? Like you want to be able to trade up in that instance. And I think soldiers are a good way to do that. Yep. Um, I think soldiers are a decent way. Um, I think Nerfs are your best friend there. I think having a Ravagor or two in the list to help soften things up before things go in. And I think that's a kind of game where you have to build the list for it, but you also end up having to play it right in that you can't go all in for a feat turn. You have to be able to take a heavy, maybe two if you can get lucky, and then back out um, and get to a place where, okay, I took this thing and maybe I only lost a Nerf in return. Or I didn't give up a ridiculous amount of board space to do it. Yeah. No, that's I good. Think, yeah, I, I think in that particular matchup, crippling is almost as important as just flat killing. Yeah, absolutely. Like crippling is kind of undervalued because it, it it doesn't seem like it's really getting you anywhere. But with precision strike, it actually makes it changes that proposition a lot, right? Where yes. if you cripple something by accident, it's like okay, well, great, I I cut one of their arms off, like. You know, half the time it's their gun, right? Like, it doesn't really yeah. help you. But if if you come in with a soldier and you're like, all right, I'm going to take column three and just cleave the cortex right out of this stupid thing. Yep, or you go in and cleave its movement out and say, okay, well, you can't charge the rest of the game. Like, I'm going to lose a soldier, but now this thing is in the way for the two jacks that are behind it. it it's got to kill me because these other two can't get to me, but then it's in the way... So you can really push board positioning on. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, thank you. I, I was really interested. I'm, I'm glad you uh, have an idea for that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's almost like I played her a couple times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move on to our big blighty friends, the Archangel and the Blightbringer. Are we taking them with Abby too? Uh, you can. Um, so you're not going to get a whole lot of the, out of the Blightbringer there. Um, it will definitely help keep her alive. And, I mean, having the Withering Ash aura or Spiritual Corruption is nice. You're not really using Draconic Blessing? No, that's Thag Spell. What's it called? Um, you're not using the plus two strength and arm, basically. Yeah. Like, it'll like, it'll help with Abby. Like, that's fine. Dragon's Breath? Um, yes, that's it. Uh, but there's not a whole lot else... A whole lot else in the list uh, that really would benefit from that. No. Um, Withering Ash 9 Tough is great. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, chasing a caster around with Spiritual Corruption, also great, but it's eh at best, I think. Um, it's not really what you're aiming for. Yeah. Um, the Archangel is another... This is one of the few places I think it is worthwhile. Um, you have to build kind of specifically for it, but I think... It can uh, make a good impact in her list. Uh, flying high helps keep it alive from guns. Um, 
Bracer takes it up to arm 21, which is reasonable. Yeah, that's respectable. Uh, her, I mean, she likes having the gun in the list and then being able to take it, you know, up to mat nine, uh, speed nine every turn is pretty decent. Um, it's still going to have a hard time, you know, cracking another colossal or even a heavy, but it, it can definitely anchor the list and play a decent mid to late game. Um, while also holding down scenario a bit, which, like I had previously said, is something she kind of has an issue with. Yeah. Yeah, so, she just can't uh, spread out and, like, hold the zone. She doesn't have infantry to back up on, and, like, her beasts, you know, they tend to fall over. Yep, turns out expensive beasts with relatively garbage defensive stats don't necessarily survive the best. Yeah. So, okay. Archangel is a definite... 50 to 60 percenter if you want to build around it this is one of the casters to do it blightbringer you try it it might be fun but it, i don't think it's competitive personally okay i just thought of something go for it do you make wormwood exceptionally sad with with uh, spiritual corruption uh you absolutely can if you can ever get a line of sight to him yeah no that's fair that sounds very <laughs> funny to me though if, if you can get line of sight to wormwood yes you can make him sad <laughs> um, you can do the same thing with Cassius because I believe he has to cast whatever the teleport spell is to get back to Wormwood. So if you hit him with spiritual corruption, it gets kind of funny because I don't remember exactly how it works, but one of them can't move them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it has, it has its meme factor. It seems, seems fun. I'm all about the fun. All about the memes. All, all about the memes. That's what they call me. All about the memes. I mean, if they don't, they're going to now. <laughs> All right. Uh, what we got here? Uh, is Abby 2 capable of like uh, one specific or a couple specific plays that another Legion Warlock might not be able to accomplish, do you think? Um, so she has some weird little things. So like, as I said with Abby one before, uh, but you can give her feet turn as her entire battle group gets flight. Yep. which can lead to funny scenarios of just Carnivians and Scythians trampling all the hell over the place and not getting stopped. Mm -hmm. um, so that can be, I guess, kind of cute and funny. Um, I don't know how well it necessarily works on a large scale, but maybe? I mean, the old trample over a house, kill your opponent's warlock, is a pretty good play. Yep, turns out. Um, <laughs> and... Getting there and being, you know, map eight to nine is definitely not a bad thing. No, with with all your fairy available, like it's yeah, pretty decent. Trample for free, get there. All right, I'm buying four attacks at map nine into potentially the back arc of this caster. Yeah, maybe I kill you. Maybe not. If <laughs> not, you're probably not alive on much. No, just give him the business with a scythian, like murderous oh, too. Oh baby, murderous. Oh god. Oh baby. <laughs> are you deaf 18 all right i still need average dice to hit <laughs> yep. seems good yeah that's something i think you know focus don't focus on on the insane trample potential but it's definitely something that she has more than abby one yes uh definitely not a thing to discount necessarily no. um she can because of feet and uh the way beatback works nerfs can get kind of funny with her um you can beat back from two inches away which is kind of cute Oh, yeah, that seems all right. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, 
the, the best, but it's definitely a way to get, you know, into maybe some weird places that people didn't expect. Um, it's also a way to kind of switch targets and jump around a little bit, which can get funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, other than that, she kind of plays the same as anybody else, I guess. Yeah. If you if you feel like spamming return fire on Ravagors, that could also, I guess, be kind of funny. Like, yeah. You're not going to shoot my Ravagors because I'll just pop shots into your caster on your turn. Like yeah. this is fine. Yeah. A- Abby too, like for everything she has going for her, I I I consider her like she plays a pretty fair game while on the table. Yeah, she's she's definitely not uh, a veil. Uh, she's not a toolbox of what you know. Here's twenty decision points on any given turn. She's, you know, a very good knife. Uh, she'll do one or two things exceptionally well, and everything else is just, eh. It's, it's, eh. It's, yeah. That's how to describe it. No, fair enough. All right. Um, what is the list you would recommend another player to try out with her? So, sight unseen. Again, player walks up to you, goes, Ryan, give me an Abby 2 list. I really like what she's doing. All right. Um, so, I... Played her a while ago at Captain Con last year. Not this year, last year. Um, but I've been kind of... I switch back to her every once in a while. She's just fun. Uh, thankfully, I have a local, my friend Adam's girlfriend, Stephanie, who, if she's listening to this, small shout out to you, <laughs> who is deeply in love with Abby, too, and has been playing the hell out of her. So we've you know gone over lists a little bit uh, between the three of us. And I think the list I would start with or I would go with Looks something like uh, Abby 2 and Oracles, uh, two units of Blight Wasps, uh, two Nerefs, Proteus, Ravagor, a Scythian. Um, you want two Nis Shepherds, a Sorceress and Hellion for free, a single Spell Martyr, two Forsaken, both of them for free, a unit of Ice Witches, and a unit of Gobbers Bellow Crew. Okay, yeah, that seems like a reasonable list to me. Um, there's definitely some play in there. If you want to drop an arrow for the Seraph to get the extra threat extension, completely reasonable in that case. Um, but I, I really like Blight Wasps with her. Um, they will scare the ever-loving bejesus out of just about any single wound infantry in the game. Yeah, so, uh, like, the key thing with Blight Wasps is, is her feet, right? Where they go up to a two-inch melee, so they get actually pretty good value of, uh, hunting well, pack, whatever it is. So they get good value out of hunting pack. Uh, because of oracles, they can apparition. Can they? They can. Oh my god, they can. That's they can. absurd. Um, they get Alpha Hunter, so they can Apparition, they go up to speed 9, they're charging for free. Um, if you have a Seraph in the list, you can potentially slipstream two of them, so two of them get threatened 11 before they even move, or before they move. Um, then they charge up to the 14-inch mark, threatening the 16 inches. <laughs> they're coming for you. Yeah. So you have, I've done it before, you have two of them run into position to get a hunting pack on as many things as you can get it, and then the other two actually go in and charge. Um, hunting pack being one of the only animi that isn't range self anymore, Abby can throw it on them so they have two more fury when they get there, and that entire unit can just... Two of them can devour an entire unit of ten men if like, the positioning is there. Yeah. Um, they get the... Because uh, they get the cumulative plus one, plus one for every other model in the unit that is in combat with something right they start at mat five so they can go up to mat eight if you get all four of them into say a heavy 
That's right. They, so they don't count themselves. They do not count themselves. Um, they go up to mat 10 with Alpha Hunter. So they're basically hitting anything. And then they start at POW 8. Uh, hunting Pack gives them POW 11. And then Feet gives them POW 13 at a 2-inch melee range. They also have Crit Poison. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the last time I had used them, I was playing into the mirror match. I got eight of them, or eight of them. I got four of them, you know, the eight-point unit into a single throne on feet turn and just murdered a throne. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. That's not reasonable. That is absolutely reasonable. Um, if you do the math on it, that's only slightly above average. Wow. Okay. It's pretty ridiculous. That is amazing. Um, yeah. So this is the only time I'm going to advocate for Blight Wasps, but absolutely take Blight Wasps with her. They do an insane amount of work. Um, they will scare off just about any infantry in the game, except, you know, medium bases. Um, they don't really scare off immortals because no. they can get to, like, arm 23 and they're not living. <laughs> yeah. So it's you're still dice off 10, but um, Exemplar don't like them. Um, pirates don't like them. Steelheads don't like them. None of the Grimkin infantry like them. Um, just most infantry in this game, if there's wasps on the table, are staying as far back as humanly possible. And because you just threaten a country mile, if you can use terrain effectively to just kind of park them at one side of a zone and kind of tell somebody, look, eventually you're going to have to come into the zone. And when you do... Whatever you put in there and whatever is behind it is just going to die. Yeah. And uh, I guess with, with them oh, picking up Apparition from the theme, you could, like, we talked about it a few times with other other lists and other models, but being able to Apparition unit a Blight Wasp into a forest and then come screaming out the other side might catch some people out. Yep. Um, it's also really good if you hide them behind a building because, again, you don't necessarily need all of them to get the charge going into a unit you need like two and the other two can very easily run over a building or run over an obstruction and just get wherever they need to get to trigger hunting pack and let the other two do all the work it's right. fine right yeah yeah um, with the two inch melee range that's pretty easy i would say yep um and because of the way beast packs work which a lot of people don't know this um the unit itself has to stay in command of the unit leader Yep. The unit leader is the one that has to stay in control range of Abby. The rest of them can go out of her control range and still buy boost and do all their normal stuff because the unit leader is the one that gets Fury. So he's the one that has to stay in control. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I See, I haven't so, ever used them. I have them. I just haven't done anything with them. Yep. It's, it's really weird to get your mind around, but it kind of, especially for the movement off hunting pack, um, it lets you go out a little bit farther than people expect if they don't know how war beast packs work. If they think everything has to stay in control, maybe they'll position in such a way as to say, oh, all right, you'll eat these three or four guys, but then I'm going to kill them. And then you just go through an entire unit like, yep, nope, that's not at all what's about to happen here, but good try. Yeah, so does that mean then you can run with the leader still and, and still force? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, other thing to notice is if you take them with any other caster, uh, war beast packs never have to spend or have to add fury for running charging. Right. Yeah, they're they a unit. Always run charge free. Yep. Yeah, that's a so, weird thing too. 
Yeah, they, they they get weird. It takes a little bit of getting used to with them. Yeah, there, there's because, a reason oh, there's only two Warby's facts in the entire game. It's true, and the other one is a unit of shield guard scarabs, so... Eh. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how much running and charging they're really going to be doing, though. I'm not going to say, I'm going to say none. Yeah, probably minimal. <laughs> okay, cool. No, I really love this list. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Yep, uh, everything hits... Fairly hard on feet turn. Narrows get to sprint around and do stupid things. Uh, Proteus, as always, does Proteus stuff. You have the Ravagor there to throw out a Scather or just kind of be annoying. Um, he, you know, is less of a melee slouch at map 8, POW 16, than he would be at his normal map 5. Yeah, like a, a Ravagor, yeah, a Ravagor under feet with Alpha Hunter is pretty respectable. Yep, speed seven, mat seven, pow eighteen claws. Like there's, it'll still mess something up. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know the Scythian is there for murderous and grievous wounds. Um, he also, because of the animus, gives grievous wounds to Abby, which helps her get Alpha Hunter off if she needs to get in to punch something to do it. Yep. Um, your shepherds expand, extend your control range because having the twelve inch control range is a little sad sometimes. <laughs> um, Sorceress brings, you know, a source of magic into the list as well as uh, just the no shooting bubble, which can be great. Um, you've got, you know, your spell martyr to help throw out an early game hexbolt if you need it, or get it on a key target. Uh, Forsaken for fury management, ice witches for your rerolls, and then gobbers just because sometimes putting out a five inch cloud will help protect your army. And if not, then they're a little two point unit to help you score a zone, yeah. or at least be. Models you don't mind throwing away to contest. No, absolutely. Swamp Gobbers, I've been playing a lot more of recently, and, and I, man, they're pretty decent. They're hard to hit. They're def 15. Like, what the heck? Yep. And you're going to put them behind some kind of terrain to make them even better or harder. So, yeah. And if, them behind a wall, and suddenly it's like def 19, two point unit. Like, is somebody really going to throw a boostable shot into that? Not <laughs> if they have any better target. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. Um, so if we're going to take this Abby 2 list, what are we pairing with her? Oh, in the current meta? Well, you know. So in general, um, I think if you're going to play Abby 2, you, it's like every other list. You need to have something that handles her weaknesses, and her main weaknesses are scenario and guns. So yeah. I think you want something that's going to play a very good scenario game and is relatively resistant to shooting. Um, so... Like a Thags 1 will do fairly well uh, in Children of the Dragon. Okay. They think that that can do it. Callus um, 1 in Ravens or PT, whatever your flavor happens to be, I think is a lot better into guns than people give it credit for. And it plays a very, very heavy scenario game. Um, I think like a Lilith 3 uh, could potentially be something there. Um, I think you're going to have some dodges that you just are going to have to play through or aren't going to be really favored for you. But I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think maybe I would look at Animag. Like she's pretty reasonable into guns with her chosen and her scenario game is not the worst either. No, not at all. Um, I think if you're looking specifically as a pair for her, you want to be looking in, um, PT, if you have it, if you're going to run Callus or Animag, um, I think Thags 1 and Children, and I think there you could make a viable Ravens pair with her. 
I think she's one of the few casters that pairs well with that theme as a whole. Really? Yeah, because I think the things that she will scare off some of the things that Ravens naturally doesn't want to see. So, like, what does Ravens typically struggle into? Anything that has armor because it has a bunch of pow tens. Sure. Anything that can just kind of brick up. Well, if somebody's going to run that, they're going to take Abby to the face and it's going to end badly for them. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a guarantee. I think you kind of get into a weird list chicken with that. Oh, yeah. But I think if you can, you know, take an idea of a scenario in mind and really play that out, I think reasonably, uh, Fiana in Ravens, Callus One, um, potentially like a Lilith Three or Lilith One could very well be a good pair for her there. Okay, cool. No, that's, that's really sweet. Ravens is something that I don't know if we're ever going to straight up recommend a Ravens list because of kind of where it is right now in the meta, but yep. it's good to know that maybe there's an option there with Abby too. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I think if you're looking, that's probably not a bad place to start and then season the flavor. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, so we're going to end off same question we ended off on last time. If there was one thing that you would tweak about Abby 2, what would that be? Oh god, get rid of Return Fire and give her anything else. Just, just we're gonna drop that spell? We're just, uh, get, yes, just, if, if we could get rid of that for literally anything useful, I'd be happy. I, oh, I don't sure. even know what that useful thing would be. I don't care. Like, 90% of the time, Return Fire is just not, it's basically a blank space on her card for most of the time. So if we could turn that into a non-blank space, that would be fantastic. Yeah, okay. Um, short of that, you know, if we could give her a nuke instead of Hexbolt, uh, maybe something with a slightly longer range. There's got to be something in the game that's like a range 8 that costs 2. That would be reasonable. Yeah. Um, How about Obliteration? Yeah, it's like over half of her stack. How about no? Okay, fair enough. That seems like an awful idea. What drugs are you on? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly joking. Like, it's obviously a little excessive. Are you, though? Eh. I can't tell with you. Okay, um, well, I'm um, just looking at what's in Legion. We could do... Disintegration might be good for her. Yeah, it's actually, I was gonna, I was gonna say that. Yeah, that'd be alright. I feel like that'd be fine. Um, let's see... It serves double duty. Yep. A neat idea. Uh, let's see. Hex Blast would be fun for her. Probably not gonna happen, but... No. No. It'd be fun. Yeah, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd take it. So, return fire. Get that garbage out of here. We'll take literally any other spell. Razor Wind. Razor Wind would be fine. Range. I don't, I don't know what Razor Wind does. Uh, cost 2, range 10, POW 10. Or POW 12. Done. That seems fine. Like that, that same cost, it's slightly less POW at a longer range. Fine. Cool. I'd be absolutely alright with that trade. Okay. Cool. Alright. Alright, that'll do it for our discussion on Abby 2 this week. Um, before we close out, it's just a reminder, we're going to be starting a little contest to get a listener onto the show. All you have to do is post a battle report on our Facebook page with a couple of pictures. Let us know how the game went, etc. Um, I believe in you guys. I'm sure you can do it. I believe in some of you. <laughs> Only fair. some of you. And it's That's your fair. job to figure out which ones. Yeah, we'll, we'll know. It's true. We will. We'll know. It's absolutely think that'll happen. Uh, all, right. all right. Ryan, you got any uh, events coming up? Are you still working towards the one in uh, Flipside Gaming? Is that right? 
Yep, uh, that's June 29th, uh, Flipside Gaming in East Greenbush, uh, which is near Albany. It is Swamp Mist and Swanky, Swanky, Swanky's local store. I just called him Swanky. Swanky, Swanky from Battle Driven? From Battle Driven? Swanky from Battle Driven. Oh, okay. The, yeah, I know who that is. Unfortunately, defunct podcast. Rip. We miss them. Press off to pay respects. <laughs> um, but, yep, that's going on on uh, June 29th. Starts at 9 a.m. Uh, he says at 9.30. It's $10 fee, and it's going to be round five of uh, the New York Star Wars. So if you're in the New York area and you feel like coming out, come hang out. I will be making the five-ish hour drive out there uh, and then running it slash maybe playing, depending on how things go. We'll yeah. figure that part out. Cool. All right. Um, as always, a link to the Discord where you can chat with uh, Ryan Cutter and not myself because I'm not on there, but <laughs> you can chat with them. Uh, it will be included in the show notes. Uh, I don't have any events coming up right at the moment, but... Hopefully soon. We'll uh maybe I'll look and see what's in Toronto or Hamilton and get myself down south. Um if you yeah. end up coming down, let me know. I'll make the drive up. I will let you know, absolutely. Alright, well that'll about do it. I'd like to thank you all for listening to episode forty four of Blight Bringers. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>